This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, March 21st, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. States are defunding higher education, or so the story goes. The only problem with the story is that it's wrong. Worse than wrong, it has the relationship between state spending and the price of higher education exactly backwards. Neil McCluskey, Associate Director of the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom, offers his thoughts. The price of college, that sticker price of tuition fees, room and board, that students are confronted with every year continues to go up at incredible rates, far beyond normal inflation. And a major argument that that defenders of higher education offer for why this is, is that states have quote-unquote defunded higher education, that every year they've given less and less money to colleges and universities, forcing those schools to raise their tuition prices to make up for that lost revenue. That's the argument that's presented for why prices keep going up. So just in the last week or so, Two reports have come out that have really helped to drive home how wrong this is. Not that the data wasn't out there before. You could see pretty clearly that this wasn't the case, that this argument that states have been defunding schools is why they have to raise prices. Uh, But it's interesting these two reports came out right at the same time. So the first was from the State Higher Education Executive Officers organization that every year puts out uh, a report on higher education funding. And so these are people whose livelihood comes from public colleges and universities. And they have said, and said clearly in this report, that people who say that states and local governments have been defunding public colleges and universities simply haven't looked at the data. The aggregate amount of money that state and local taxpayers have put forth for public colleges and universities has increased on a pretty regular basis for you know about the last 25 years. So clearly, state taxpayers are handling a bigger and bigger burden for public colleges and universities. Now, it's true that enrollment has gone up even faster, but it, you look at the terrible results we get in higher education, decreasing literacy rates among people with degrees, uh, 33% or so students having to get go to remedial courses, many of whom will never finish, on and on, lots of waste. It's clearly not a good thing that enrollment has skyrocketed, but it's absolutely untrue that what taxpayers and states are paying for higher ed uh, has gone down. The second big thing that we've seen is, is a report that does an excellent job of illustrating how we know that what does push prices up is student aid. What student aid lets colleges and universities do is continue to raise their sticker price because the aid, largely from the federal government, enables students to spend or to pay more and more, usually with someone else's money. And what this report did is said, let's look at a few things that you would expect to change if higher ed was not using this money just to inflate their prices. One thing you'd expect to see greater productivity, that you'd see teachers, I mean that professors would teach more students and and, and they would learn more. But what they said is student-faculty ratios have been dropping. The faculty is getting paid more to teach less. And then they also said that, look, if these were external things that were pushing colleges and universities to raise prices, they should be raising prices about the same rate as overall inflation, but it, they raise prices far beyond that. And so all this evidence and more is very clear. 
Colleges raise prices because they can, and they can because especially the federal government takes your taxpayer dollars, gives it to students, and the colleges and universities know that. In fact, not only do they know it, but when you apply for financial aid, they get your full financial statement, everything you have to declare to the government. So it's like, as this one report said, if you go to your used car salesman and you tell them exactly how much you can spend on the used car, and they can see all your financial data. Lawmakers have this relationship backwards, typically. That is, they say, well, these prices are going up, so we have got to invest in student aid. We have got to invest in our colleges and universities. Yeah, well, politicians are driven by self-interest, just like everyone else. And what's most important for politicians, of course, is to get reelected. And the way you get reelected is you tell your constituents or if you're running for the first time, the people you want to be your constituents, that I think that you all need to have the keys to a great life, and a key to a great life is higher education, and the cost is really high, so here's a whole bunch of money so you can pay for it. That's all they care about. And the public, of course, they're not like me. They can't spend all day analyzing education policy because they'd also have to analyze defense policy and everything else that that government does. And this makes some intuitive sense. If the cost of something's high and you give me money for it, that'll make it cheaper for me. What people don't think about and what politicians probably know about but won't allow to enter into their decision-making, or at least their voting, is that colleges know that money is out there and there is self-interest in anyone else, and they raise their prices to capture that aid because they have lots of things they think are of value. Often it's paying professors more, having more administrators so life is easier, but it can also be building a nicer athletic facility, it can be just nicer uh, dorms, fancier food, all sorts of things. But the ultimate point is that aid ultimately is self-defeating because the colleges just raise their prices to capture it, and that is very clear when you look at the data, but politicians aren't really interested in that. They want to buy votes. Is a lot of what's driving higher enrollments and um, higher rates of remediation, that is people who probably aren't ready for college being admitted to college, is a lot of that being driven by mandates that's attached to a lot of those funds? It's not so much mandates, it's that these funds are a gigantic incentive for somebody who otherwise wouldn't go to college because they don't really feel they're ready or they're not all that interested in it, to push them over the edge to where they will say, okay, I can get, you know, $5,500 or so in a Pell Grant and then loans, and why not give college a try? Even if I don't really think it's that great for me, even if I'd rather be a welder or do lots of very valuable things... It, it, it'll put them over the margin. The other thing is that their political leaders and lots of other people constantly say the key to a good middle-class life is to go to college. And they never mention the gigantic failure rate in terms of people not finishing programs in college because they're not really ready for it or they don't have the desire to do it. All the negatives are pushed to the side and we just get this, you know, this golden story about going to college is the key to everybody's success when actually it isn't. So it's a combination of government giving you lots of money to go to college and then telling you that you've got to go to college if you want to have a good life. 
Neil McCluskey is Associate Director of the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom and author of the book Feds in the Classroom. You can get your copy of the book at Cato.org.